Well, podcast listeners, we're back again to catch you up on all things social, social media. Welcome to the Healthy Perspectives podcast. We know that the world of social media can be vast, crowded, and a confusing space to navigate. But luckily, we have some experts on the podcast today to help us through it. On today's episode, we're joined by Patrick, Kate, Jeanette, and Alex, four outstanding members of the Patients and Purpose social team and task force. Together, they attended Social Media Week New York, and today we'll get the scoop on what's in, what's out, and what's next. Let's get into the show. So we got a big crew potting it up with us today. Welcome, y'all. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, as you may or may not know, we like to kick things off with an icebreaker question. I hope y'all are ready. So, starting with you, Patrick, what is the last social media platform you posted on, and what did you post? Oh, gosh. Um, I definitely <laughs> think it was Instagram, <laughs> and it may have been something around florals because it's spring. Yes. Florals for spring? Yep. Groundbreaking. Groundbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> yep, totally. That Instagram, was it. That was yep. it. Floral posts yep. and spring Pictures tradition. of tulips. <laughs> yes. Yes. Alex? The last social media platform I posted on was Instagram, and it was an Insta story of when I was at Hometown Barbecue. Mm. Oh, how is Hometown Barbecue? It was delicious. (laughs) What is Hometown Barbecue? Hometown Barbecue is a barbecue restaurant in Red Hook, Brooklyn. Mm, Okay. Very yummy. Yeah. I've heard. I've heard good things. Uh, Gotta check it out. Follow her Insta story, and then you'll know all (laughs) about it. All right, Kate. Oh, man. Okay. Also, Instagram story. Um, yesterday, um, P&P had a uh, pie-in-the-face fundraiser for the American Heart Association. So I not only shared on my personal Insta some pies being flung, but also I was repping the P&P Insta. So you guys should follow us uh, at Patience and Purpose on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. that was awesome. I actually, that, I think that was the last thing that I posted too, was the same, yeah. Yeah. somebody yeah. getting pied in the yeah. face. It got wild. <laughs> <laughs> Jeanette? So last night I also posted something to Instagram. Um, when I'm not here at work, I like to take a lot of dance classes. So it was a video of a class I took last night. Wait, what oh, kind nice. of dance? Yeah, what kind of dance? Uh, I was a hip hop class. Very impressive. <laughs> oh, thanks. What? I've I've always wanted to learn hip hop dancing. I've and never immediately it. following yeah. Jeanette. <laughs> right now, <laughs> I want to see this dance class. That's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Um, and this is actually. I think it's going to be a pretty good segue into the rest of the show um, because we are going to be talking about your adventures in the Social Media Week New York. Um, For anyone that's listening that does not know, uh, Patrick, maybe you can just tell us a little bit about what exactly Social Media Week New York is. Sure. So Social Media Week, um, I think it's been around for maybe 10 years now or so. Um, but it's basically like a collective of people who are super involved in social coming together um, and learning about, you know, new trends that are happening within our society around social media consumption, um, new ways to tell a story, new ways to use the platforms, um, new vendors that are providing services and whatnot. But it's basically just, you know, a week long event of really awesome minds coming together to learn more about social media. And is it pretty big? Like, how many people would you say are a couple get thousand? Involved? I would say, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I think they're all over the world now too. So New York was just one of the stops, right? Yeah. And you guys have all attended before, is that right? So you've yeah. you're yeah. you're returning champions to social media <laughs> week, New York. Yeah. Um, well, I'm excited to hear what your experience was. 
while you guys were out there, did you notice any uh, sort of big changes in the social media world? Any uh, growing trends? Anything that stand out or was surprising to you guys? Um, what was interesting compared to last year is that they talked a lot about messaging. Um, so obviously messaging and social go hand in hand, um, especially with social companies owning some of the biggest messaging platforms like Facebook owning, you know, obviously Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp. Um, but what was interesting about that is that, you know, it's not social directly, but there's this big trend towards privacy in social, um, especially with Mark Zuckerberg saying that week um, that the future of Facebook is private. So that really lends itself well to messaging. Um, so at Social Media Week, there was an entire half day summit devoted to messaging and what that means for social media. Um, and what was interesting, uh, one of the speakers said that everything that exists in ad tech today will exist for messaging tomorrow. Um, so obviously that means, you know, in the future, there's going to be a lot of brand opportunities for messaging as well as, and there are opportunities here today, um, for messaging for brands. So interesting to see how those worlds of social and messaging and chatbots and whatnot are colliding and how social media week was acknowledging that. And you, and you brought up, uh, Zuckerberg with, uh, with this privacy thing in Facebook. Do, uh, why do you believe privacy would be such a big theme today? I think we've been seeing the desire for more private social interactions really growing over the last few years. And um, Zuckerberg in the F8 conference and um, through a bunch of different announcements that Facebook as well as other platforms have made over the last few months really have acknowledged that they're seeing people want more privacy on social in terms of how they use their data, yes, but also how they're actually giving people options on these platforms to interact with who they want to specifically interact with. So for example, you see that on Instagram with the emergence of the ability to add close friends, right? So now you can kind of like segment your own mm. audience just as a user of Instagram, which hadn't been an option before and was actually the reason why many people on Instagram were creating multiple accounts. Um, but now with this option, there's a bit more flexibility to have what you want to show to the whole world and what you want your friends to see. So I think similarly, other platforms are going to be rea reacting in the same way and pushing more private interactions um, on their platforms. Yeah, I think part of that is also we're starting to like self-censor ourselves a little bit more because it's such a vast dumping ground of content and like creating these like little micro uh micro groups where we can actually like share content with like specific friends or whatnot. I think that also just helps not necessarily control like who sees what and whatever, but it makes for a more constructive experience instead of just allowing for anybody that just basically like pile on and invite mm -hmm. all these other trolls that might potentially mm -hmm. uh, ruin the experience. Right. Did you guys see any other, I mean, any other big themes throughout? So we've talked a little bit about privacy, but what else did you see kind of come through? Not so much a theme, but it was more of just the introduction of like these smaller academy classes, uh, which I thought was kind of cool. It was like the first time that they were doing it where uh, the classes were just smaller. They provided more tangible, uh, you know, examples of like how to do specific things within the space. Um, whereas a lot of these, uh, these other sessions were more like inspirational, you know, like 
bigger thinking, but the academy classes really did allow for, you know, opportunities to really just show you like how to get something accomplished in a very tangible way. Were people actually pulling out their phones and physically doing things in these academy classes or were they, they just sort of giving you more tangible ways to execute at back where you come from? More like tangible ways to execute. Mm-hmm. But I mean, everybody was taking photos of every single stat on the screen. <laughs> it was kind of hilarious. <laughs> That's awesome. So privacy, messaging. Alex, did you have any other uh, themes or anything that you noticed out there that you wanted to speak to? I think the theme of overall Social Media Week was storytelling. Mm. And that really came through in the panels and especially going off of what Patrick said about the academy classes. I went to a really great academy class on storytelling and was shown how we can take fictional uh, storytelling archetypes like characters, plot, to create our brand stories. So we went through a workshop on identifying who is the hero in brand stories. And I thought that was really interesting because we play in a healthcare space. We can really identify with the hero, whether it's the patient who is going through this incredible health journey, or if it's the caretaker who is learning everything they can to be a health advocate for their loved one. Yeah, I've done I've done a little bit of that kind of in in the work process where sometimes you go through and you create, you know, a personality, like the emblematic person behind the brand, you know, this is, you know, this is Sandy, Sandy's 54, Sandy has, you know, three kids and a dog, and this is what she's dealing with. And I do find that not only for us as creatives and people thinking about how we can build content, it's helpful to have that sort of like visualization of a person in mind, but it's also helpful for, um, brands to kind of keep coming back to that and being able to say like is this actually serving our person is this serving our demo and it's just like a good touch point to keep coming back to yeah i mean i think that like part of the storytelling process is like asking yourself as a brand can your audience relate to the like stories that you're telling and from what i've seen as a community manager um, we've had great success by just like keeping our finger on the pulse of conversations that are going on within the brand's like social spaces. Um, something we've been doing and was kind of reaffirmed at Social Media Week is the idea of connecting with our audience's needs through situations they can relate to. Um, I think examining like community comments and using them to shape future content can definitely elevate your messaging from say selling commodities, um, i.e. your product, to building value. So like showing that you really do understand your audience's needs and wants. Mm. To build on that, um, I heard a really, really interesting quote this morning on my way in listening to another podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, It was, most people ignore advertising because most advertising ignores people. Mm-hmm. And I think storytelling really does hit on creating those relevant and relatable stories that Kate just touched upon, like through community management and actually listening to your audience and creating content and ads that actually like speaks to them rather than just like taking the safe route and talk about it, talking about your product. Yeah, that's a great right. quote. Yeah, I really like that. In terms of privacy and the importance of storytelling and even just like the theme of messenger being a big thing that you guys learned about at social media week how do you potentially see these pieces affecting the healthcare space so at social media week what was interesting to us is that healthcare wasn't necessarily discussed a lot but that's also okay because it's interesting to see you know perspectives from other industries and how we can 
bring that into our world. Um, but aside from that, I would say I think we're already seeing so many opportunities um, in these areas for healthcare, like messenger chatbots helping people get easily to the resources that they need. Um, privacy is something, you know, in the healthcare space that we've already always taken into account anyway. So it's just more a matter of evolving with the platforms and our targeting approaches um, as these things change and become more sensitive. And then storytelling is something that is important to healthcare also anyways. And we do this through, you know, creating patient stories and whatnot. So even though at Social Media Week, it, there wasn't necessarily a huge focus on healthcare. I think through our lens, we see how all of this is so relevant to healthcare regardless. I mean, I think our, our health is the most social product we right. have. And I something that I, I feel like a yeah. broken record saying, but it's definitely something that I really truly believe in. Yeah. Well, I think that's why like Facebook groups have seen like a really big rise too. Um, just because like you, you're able to create these like private spaces for people just like you. You know, that's something that we're trying to push our clients to really think through as well. So, like, you know, they might not want to post publicly on a brand page, but they'll be more apt to share their story and, like, their experiences with other people like them within these private Facebook groups. Yeah, safe really space. Great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I went to an interesting discussion with one of the creative directors of Facebook, and she was saying that there are over 200 million group members in Facebook, and how can we use these members as muses or inspiration to really tap into their discussions and pull through their comments, their themes into our brands. So, I mean, we're as connected as ever before uh, in 2019. I mean, but the people want privacy. They want to be able to know that uh, individuals aren't looking over their shoulder. Uh, everyone's afraid of Big Brother. And we want to be able to tell our stories as authentically as possible. Uh, these are the running trends of Social Media Week in 2019. What do you guys believe are some of the uh, some of the things that will be fading away as, as we progress forward. You know, there's a lot of talk about whether or not the likes will be going away on some of these platforms. And personally, I think that's kind of interesting because stories already have that. We don't have engagement in that sense, like whether or not people are liking our stories. We see people that we see that people are seeing them, but there's no way for them to actually engage with it other than DMing you, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really interesting way to maybe put a more healthier spin on social media where you're not posting things just for the likes. And I, you know, I've seen people that just go crazy planning and thinking mm -hmm. about what that next Instagram is going to be. And if it, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm raising my hand right yeah. now. <laughs> and you know, and I, I've heard horror stories where, you know, it like people just freak out if they get less than 20 likes within an hour, they pull it down, you know, and that's just not healthy. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and you know, I think if that's the direction that we're going in, then sure, you know, that's great. If it's more about the conversation and the connections over the, over the vanity uh, numbers, then I'm all for it. It's, I love the stories function on Instagram, mm -hmm. and I was one of those people that when it first came out, I was like, what is this? <laughs> I don't want this. I'm, I have enough things that I follow, but I, I have found now that I've embraced it and I really love it that it truly feels like sharing in, in a healthier way, mm -hmm. to your point, Patrick, than maybe the feed did, where yeah. it's like it is tends to be more highly curated and it's like the stories can be more of the blooper reel of your life from like yes it can still be curated but you know maybe you're just sharing on the fly and yeah. I have gotten more 
engagement and interaction with people through DMs, yeah. through mm -hmm. posting stories, and through people just coming up to me and being like, I love your Instagram stories. Yeah. Yeah. Not a plug um, for me. Yeah. But just like, it's been really, really nice <laughs> to see. It's been way more engaging than my feed ever was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. I, I do wonder though, instead of having the like button with stories. I know I personally used to be very hyper-focused on how many views did my story get? Who's viewing it? Who is this person that I don't follow that is looking at my story? And then seeing if I post, say, three stories, the views start going down. And it's like, did I do something wrong? Or was it just, you know, so it's kind of interesting that Sure, there isn't that like button, but our views and those sort of impressions going to become this favor, put on a pedestal kind of thing where, oh my gosh, I didn't get those views, oh no. So I'm mm -hmm. not sure if that would be the, the new like in a sense. Yeah, one of the sessions I sat in on was um, why vulnerability transcends fear and how to find your authentic voice. Lola Banjo from Salesforce, she was a phenomenal, phenomenal presenter, amazing person. One of the things that she said that really struck me was that real life isn't perfect and neither should your online life be. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and I think what Insta stories and stories in general really allow you to project is those real authentic like moments um, that aren't perfected. They don't right. have a filter on them. Maybe they do have a filter on them, but um, <laughs> but you know, you're not really like curating it. It's just more like on the fly, more raw uh, footage of like your day to day. Yeah. And is that how you think that we can really within the space that we all work in, create more meaningful content for, for you know, even on the brand side, like in such a highly regulated space that mm -hmm. we work in, sometimes it feels like everything has to be so buttoned up because there's so many rules. Mm -hmm. But in turn, we're seeing that people are really relating the most to these vulnerable stories yep. or these vulnerable moments. Like how can we maybe bring that vulnerability to what we do. Yeah, I think it's, you know, patient stories and testimonials aren't necessarily a new thing, but telling those more raw stories, uh, you know, for someone that's living through a disease state that isn't always a happy moment. There's not always a happy ending, but like you really want to know those day-to-day -day life moments mm -hmm. and getting that through regulatory, I think might be an interesting challenge, um, but definitely something that I would think we could push through and see if we can get that done. Yeah, and you see a lot of that kind of sharing from people online already on platforms like Reddit. Um, so Reddit is a community, right? And there are things within Reddit called subreddits, which allow people to talk about really focused areas of conversation and reach people where that have um, similar interests. So there are a lot of subreddits that are health-focused and let people share these things about their journey with their disease state. Um, but as a brand, how we can use Reddit is by incorporating it into our strategic process by really listening to the community and understanding what people want to talk about and identifying if there's unmet needs that the brand isn't addressing. And so we heard at Social Media Week a few companies that have used Reddit in this way by even doing things like Ask Me Anything posts where they put themselves out there and try to see what the community actually wants from them and then using that information to help create their own content and then serving ads on Reddit about that content. So um, it's kind of like a full circle opportunity for a brand. And, and what's awesome about Reddit as well is, uh, uh, Jeanette, you mentioned like the segmentation when it comes to like subreddits and having these sort of like subgroups that are dedicated to a specific type of topic. 
what's awesome about that is like Reddit's driven by just helping people and right. being helpful and supporting. Exactly. Whereas you look at something like Instagram or Facebook and it's more or less driven by how many likes can I get, how many mm -hmm. views can I get. And so I don't know, it's just an interesting platform to sort of mesh with our healthcare space. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And even though it's not um, a more private social interaction, it does tend to be more anonymous and more narrow in terms of the people that you're reaching. So even though it's not private, I think it kind of helps fill that same need that people are looking for on social to really be able to talk to the people that they want to talk to and have similar interests mm -hmm. without necessarily posting and putting themselves out there as much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's not private, but it's focused. And I think yeah. that's what really mm -hmm. lends itself nicely to it. Yeah. yeah, And they have a very devoted following of people. Mm -hmm. I, I mentioned this the other day that like my husband is a big Reddit person. Yeah. And I am not a big Reddit person. I feel like it'll be interesting to see if more people turn to it, especially in the climate that we're in. Mm -hmm for information, you know, will there be a divide between Reddit and Facebook? I don't know, because some people use one or the other as their kind of news feed. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe that's a, a trend that we can keep an eye on. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so you, you spoke about bringing Reddit into the healthcare space. Uh, were there any other learnings out at Social Media Week that you all thought would be cool to implement here or for our client work? Yeah, well... Patrick mentioned the um, academy classes at um, Social Media Week, and they were really useful. One of the ones that I went to was all about A-B testing on social. And this is such a great opportunity for brands here. I think that we often forget um, when we're in the midst of creating ongoing content for a social brand um, that social is really a great place to test and learn whether it be to test and learn to actually optimize your social content itself or to see how your audience reacts to certain types of messaging or creative. There are so many opportunities to do this quick and easy on social. And it's something that I definitely want to pull through more to what we work on here because social is really probably the best testing environment um, for a brand that there is. Yeah. Um, Facebook, actually, I saw for small businesses, they just started this thing called um, automated ads. And it's essentially where um, for small businesses that might not have the media partner or the knowledge or the wherewithal to really start to create ads, um, it's this option where you can upload like six pieces of creative and Facebook will help sort of like put dollars behind it and the best one or ones will sort of rise to the top and will be seen by more eyes. So I think that's really cool for like, from a mom and pop sort of perspective of being mm -hmm. able to get your word out there without really having that much like yeah. knowledge about Facebook. Right, yeah. to that point, you know, there was a term that I heard that I've never heard before um, called versioner. And it's like a new role that apparently a lot of entertainment companies are really like rolling out where it's like these people that are dedicated to taking video assets and splicing them up to fit the format that they're going to be going on. So obviously something on Twitter is going to be different from Instagram. And so they're really in charge of uh, making sure and making those con that the they're really in charge of creating that content based on uh, the platform, which I thought was like a fascinating new title, mm. which we'll definitely have to start hiring here at yeah. PMP for. <laughs> so not a one size fits all mentality. We're right. finally mm -hmm. moving 
away from that. Finally, yeah. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> so along with uh, putting out some job listings for versioners, mm -hmm. uh, are there anything, are there, is there anything else that agencies and clients should be doing with their social media pages uh, if they aren't doing so already? So I think um, one thing that I learned about more, like we've been hearing about like, you know, we've gone from like 30 seconds to 15 seconds and now like six seconds is like the big, uh, the small time that we have to actually get our message across. Mm -hmm. um, but the idea there that I thought was cool was that, you know, the, the presenter mentioned, um, think of your story like a joke and distill it down to the punchline. So rather than saving the best for last, save it for first. Um, you know, and I think that's been a really big challenge within the pharma space. Um, I think the entertainment industry for like TV trailers or movie trailers has done a really good job um, in leading the way there. And it's just a, a great opportunity for us to potentially learn from them on how do you actually tell that story, pique someone's interest, you know, because we're no longer in like a thumb stopping world. We're more like a thumb rewind world where, you know, you notice something, you go back to it rather than stopping on it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like, how do you capture someone's interest within the first three seconds and make it make sure that it's relevant to them? I want your honest opinion on this. Do you, do you think the fact that we have entered this three to six second world is a good thing? Like, do you think the idea that we're forcing everybody to capture attention that quickly is a good thing? Or do you think it's sort of a mixed bag? So I go back and forth on this. Um, I personally like longer storytelling, but at the same time, I think what these platforms have done is actually trained our brains to uh, consume and interpret data and information a lot faster. Um, over the last like few years, we've been able to get the message across within like actually a split second, whereas a couple years ago it was like three to six seconds. Um, I'll have to find exactly the numbers for that, but uh, it's so I don't really necessarily think it's doing a disservice. Mm -hmm. I think we're just able to like actually consume data and information a lot quicker than we were used to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but we're it, becoming robotic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, or just smarter. Or just smarter. Yeah, we're good. I, I like that. I'm I'm gonna go with smarter. Yeah, <laughs> but it's an interesting question because even just yesterday or the day before, I believe Facebook put out kind of a, an announcement about their algorithm as it pertains to video and how if you can capture someone's attention to watch a video for at least a minute and it's video that was created just for Facebook, that's going to be prioritized in the newsfeed. So I think it's that they're also recognizing that there is a need for kind of different types of engagement, whether it's short form, get your message across quickly, or more longer form, um, telling a story type of content. I think at the end of the day, if it's relevant to you, you might watch it. And being accepting that sometimes when you make content, you might have unexpected results in terms of thinking it's relevant to a certain demo and then finding out it may not be or finding out you have a different demo that you didn't realize it was relevant to. And again, I think that comes back to like the notion of A-B testing mm -hmm. and being able to use it to learn instead of just using it as a fail pass right. kind of system. Yeah. yeah. And if budgets allow, I mean, create those segmented pieces of content that do hit every single demographic that you're trying to reach instead of just one broad demographic. Because if you're trying to satisfy everybody, you're gonna end up satisfying nobody. Right, it's And I think it's a cool trend on how we're using um, different platforms to tell a very serious narrative. There's this example of a town in South Africa that was having a severe water shortage. 
and they were trying to think of a way that they could teach people to take shorter showers. And so they decided to create a Spotify playlist where they enlisted these South African musicians to write very short two-minute songs. And it was called the Shower Song Playlist. So people in South Africa could listen to this playlist in the shower. And when it ended, it would be two minutes. So they knew that their shower was over. So it's kind of how we can use community and platforms that everyone are on to solve more serious issues. That's such an awesome example. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. That's beautiful. We did want to bring up because on our last episode we spoke to um, a social influencer. He doesn't like to call himself a social influencer. He calls himself a social ambassador, which mm -hmm. I think is really interesting, refreshing. You know, his name is Thomas Cantley. He is known as Mr. Ballsy. Um, he is a testicular cancer survivor. Um, he's gone on to do a lot of great work with the nut space in really unique and innovative ways, like creating a comic book, um, rolling a giant inflated bull testicle across the country um, to, to gain awareness. So in terms of the discussion around influencers at Social Media Week, was that something that came up a lot? Is it something that the viewpoints have changed in terms of, you know, I know there's been a lot of discussion about return on investment with influencers over the years. So just curious if there was a lot of discussion about that and also, you know, how do you think influencers can remain authentic as we kind of continue to to push the ball uphill <laughs> in the social space. Yeah, I mean, I feel like um, it was interesting because I went to one session that talked about the power of influencers and how brands need to have sort of that discovery phase of really trying to suss out. Um, I mean, right now there's a really big trend of looking at influencers who are a little bit more nano, so they're a bit more engaged with the smaller. It's more like a, like, quality over quantity, um, and that was fascinating. But I also went to another session that said that social media has a serious PR problem, and it's that it's the rise of sort of these fake influencers or influencers that have bolstered their following with a lot of bots and fake people. Um, so it was really cool to see that true engagement. Um, if say someone is going to be your brand ambassador or brand influencer and you see that they post and you just see this like spike in likes, they probably have bots, which is crazy. I mean, it's the kind of thing where you need to see sort of a gradual sort of curve, like a, like a bell curve. Um, so yeah, I mean, they did talk about one example of um, this social media agency who created a fake soccer player. Uh, I think his name was Rex Secco. Um, and it was like, they announced him that he was gonna be joining some, like one of the major soccer leagues and Twitter went wild and his name was trending. One guy said, oh my God, I've been following Rex Secco for years and Rex doesn't exist. So <laughs> like I was lying, um, <laughs> but it was really fascinating to just you know, as we evolve um, with social media, um, just having to really put on that like mindfulness cap and make sure that the people that you partner with, and there are actually like companies now that are like solely based on finding influencers and finding, making sure that they have that true engagement number and aren't being bolstered by bots. Yeah. Hashtag bolstered by bots. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I think this is probably less of an issue in the healthcare space too, because as we do 
like our social listening and whatnot, we're really seeing who interacts and resonates with our specific healthcare categories and audiences. Um, and as Kate alluded to, there's a lot of tools that really point out quickly if this is a fake influencer or not. Um, so yeah, there's all those issues out there, but it's really about finding the right influencer. And when you do, they can have such a great impact on expanding your audience and getting your brand out there. So um, super important to acknowledge all these fake influencers, but um, I don't want that to also like scare people away from the great influence mm -hmm. that they can have. Mm -hmm. Nice I think, one. I think what will be interesting, though, is if we do take away like those vanity metrics of like likes and shares and whatnot, mm -hmm. comments like how do you then suss out what a true influencer is and 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 find them? Like, I think that's going to be an interesting challenge. And there's going to be a lot more work on the uh, agency side of things. Definitely. Yeah. It still comes back to storytelling, ultimately, and just looking for people that are telling good, interesting stories in a way that is authentic and unique to them. And maybe they don't end up being the biggest influencer on their own, but together that voice with the right brand could be a really great thing. And yeah. I think don't overlook, you know, not overlooking micro influencers, quote unquote, um, is a good idea because they could still be a really great fit for your content. Mm -hmm. So we have a couple of things that need to change in the social media world. Privacy, the way we tell stories, these bolstered bots. Hashtag um, bolstered by bots. Hashtag bolstered bots. Bolstered by bots. Yep. <laughs> uh, so if y'all can change one thing uh, about the social media space currently, uh, what would that be? Trolls. Trolls. Get rid of them. 100% agree awful. with you. awful. I mean, I feel like the internet, just like our wacky world, can be magical, but it can also just be like a wild, wild west of trolls just like hiding behind these accounts and being able to just spew hate. It really is kind of this fight between good and evil. And what's fascinating is that... Um, with the F8 um, announcements, one of the things was that um, they're hoping with groups to be able to add a little bit more of like a privacy and anonymity behind it where um, people will be able to ask questions that would go to the moderator and then they can be posed, you know, without their, their name behind it. So for personal health matters, they can feel a little bit more of like a comfort of knowing that they can pose that question without it being tied back to them. But I think we need to find this balance of being able to celebrate anonymity and also making sure that we are kind of corralling the trolls. I think it's creating that safe space for people to just be who they are without being like torn apart by trolls. Yeah. Um, I would love to see the algorithm get a little bit smarter and not create these echo chambers that I'm guilty of being part of as well. Um, I would love to see an opportunity for like the algorithm to serve up ads or other content that expands my view instead of keeps it closed. Um, I think that would be a really great and healthy trend um, that would ultimately help the social space. Alex? I think there's a blurred line right now between content consumers and content creators. And I think that the social space, especially social platforms, can really tap in to the consumers to help uh, develop changes in social media platforms. I know at Patients and Purpose, we do a lot of work with co-creation where we bring in patients and caretakers 
to help drive brand stories and it would be really interesting to bring co-creation to the social space. So Twitter and Facebook and Instagram are talking about getting rid of likes as a metric. So what if we brought consumers in to work with these platforms and we work together to create a more healthy metric if likes are going away? Or even creating like custom metrics for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Jeanette? Um, I think that there is a big focus, you know, on digital wellness um, and how it relates to social media. And I also think that there's a lot of things specifically about each platform that we could change. But what I would change, um, or at least hope that people keep in mind, is all the good that social can actually do. Um, So I don't want to lose sight of that as we talk through all of the things we don't like and would want to change. I always am more thankful that social media is here than it not being here. So keeping that in mind and how it can especially be purposeful in the healthcare space is what I would not change, but keep in mind for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's done such a great wonder for people to like who have never been able to expose themselves to each other or like you know connect with each other um specifically like maybe even like the cystic fibrosis space you know where you can't really be within six feet of someone else living with that uh disease state Mm -hmm. um they're able to connect with people like themselves using social media which i think is like such an awesome thing um so yeah i think to Jeanette's point there are a lot of awesome opportunities within social and it's just kind of like keeping that in mind when we create our programs and our content. Yeah. Awesome. Keep social media alive. Yes. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for joining us today and giving us the ins and outs of what's going on in the social world. I feel really excited, which is good for what's coming, for what's out there now, um, and just like the positive impact that a lot of these things can have. So thanks so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wait, one more thing. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. we actually met a fan yesterday. Um, <gasps> shout fan? out to Nikki from CDM Princeton. Yes. Uh, one of our listeners. So thank you, thank you, and keep listening. Oh, Shout thank you, Nikki. Nikki. <laughs> keep, keep listening. All right, thanks, guys. That'll be all. Thanks, everybody. Giant thanks to Patrick, Kate, Jeanette, Alex, and of course, our super producer behind the mic, Carlos, for joining us today to dive into all things social. Man, I love talking to them. They're the best. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you all on the next episode. Bye. Bye.